Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. In the year 2019, mankind was the virus, and Earth had a cure. I don't know, mankind's probably still the virus in a certain way. Yeah, well, I think we're going to have to get into that properly during this one, but... Yeah, sure. That Which message one is that? has aged strangely. This is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yes, from last year. This is actually our, our second um, attempt at recording this. The first one, I, I literally got dragged away three minutes in for a head scan. Yeah, um, <laughs> I th- I'm going to reuse my joke from last time. They finally locked Matt up in an institution, but it's not for his fucked up ideas. It's just for his fucked up face. That's right. So I'm, I'm hanging out for two weeks and I'm bored out of my mind. So we have to do a podcast. Yeah, this is <laughs> this one isn't for you, listeners. This is a pity podcast for Matt. Come on, people want to hear about the Zilla. Yeah, I know. It's, it is a bit of an arbitrary film choice. Bong Zilla. We just happened to be. We just happened to both have it on our hard drive, so it worked out. Yep. And you know, I'm <laughs> I'm always up for talking Godzilla. So yeah, I actually am beaming into you from a hospital. So when you hear weird beeps and voices like you're hearing just now, uh, that's why. <laughs> um, anyway, this is Matt. This is Luke. Welcome to the... Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Hospital. <laughs> it is a, it's a, it's a newer one. It's, it's a little sci-fi looking around here, I guess, so that's oh. cool. <laughs> you're in the Bay. Yeah. Um, that was a, yes. Okay. <laughs> when did, Where did you... you basically saw this film when you got hold of a copy thinking about doing it for this podcast, right? I think I might have gotten it first simply to watch it. Okay. Um, which I got about 10 minutes in and it was like, it was like so horribly stupid, I just gave up. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't have given up. Obviously, there's, there's cool monster stuff coming down the pike, right? But um, yeah, that first 10 minutes, I was like, oh, I'm not feeling this, and uh, I didn't get back to it till just now, basically. Right, okay. You have a much better story for seeing this the first time. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm lifelong huge Godzilla fan, right? So one of my dreams when I came to Japan was I want to watch a Godzilla movie in the Toho cinema that has Godzilla on the roof. And, uh, yeah, me and Matty did that for this film. We went, I'm not Matty, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have two Matts, but we made that one. We called himself Matty. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, we, yeah so- we went down to Tokyo We made like a day of it We visited the Monster Hunter Cafe We went and hung out with Godzilla on the roof um, Yeah, we went and saw this Godzilla film The theater has Godzilla on the roof Yeah, it? it's got like a life-size Godzilla's like head and hand So it looks like yeah. he's looming over the building It's pretty cool There we go my, my best claim to that is Is that in Shinjuku? Yeah, pretty close to Shinjuku Okay I, guess, I think I've seen it um, Yeah, I guess my biggest... Um, 
similar circumstance would be watching Men in Black 2 just off Times Square when they, they flew their uh, flying car past the theater. I was watching the movie, and that was, that was pretty groovy. Was the fun, movie yeah. wasn't groovy, but that was groovy. But yeah, yeah, um, you know, watching it now, I'm, I'm really not... Honestly, watching Godzilla King of the Monsters makes me want to go back and watch Godzilla versus King Kong and destroy all monsters and that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, that, that's what it makes me want to do. <laughs> so yeah, it, it is trying to be that kind of thing, but with these modern American effects. It's not as good. Like, if you're going to watch an all-out Godzilla monster brawl, I would recommend Godzilla Final Wars, which was the last Japanese one which they made for the 50th anniversary, and then they didn't make a Godzilla film for 10 years. That one is... How much CGI does that one use? Almost none, apart from when oh, the, right. the 1998 Godzilla shows up and Godzilla just destroys him in, like, one move. Yeah, in take one of this, I was basically telling you, like, I've seen some Showa Godzilla films, and that's about it. Right. Which I, I think in the end of the day, those are the ones to watch. Um, it depends what mood you're in. There's, there's so many different Godzillas for so many different moods. I have a very soft spot for 90s Gamera, so maybe I should there be are, getting yeah, into some of those of millennials. The 90s and millennials ones do get quite close to those Gamera's at, at times, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to have to, well, in this podcast, I'm sure we'll be diving deeper into Godzilla and Gamera. A little, yeah. Before we get deep into it, um, the cre- Gamera is a different company, right? Yeah. Okay, because I, I made a note, and I was thinking when the monster comes out of Munich, Germany, if that was actually supposed to be Gamera, but I guess not. No, I briefly wondered if it was Angerus, but it just seems to be a generic one. Okay, anyway, it made me think of Gamera, because my, my monster is Gamera, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, well... Godzilla's great, but... I mean, I love Godzilla, but he's, there's so many Godzilla films, he's kind of a mixed bag. Whereas Gamera, you kind of always know what you're getting. He's friend to the children, and he's a big toe. I guess my monster is King Kong. I mean, I yeah, love Godzilla I, because I love, like, the Japanese monster films. Right, well, you want to have that hairy body, right? But, yeah, I do love Kong as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Kong's great. And, and no, I'm, you know, um, 2014 Godzilla, it was fine. I think I watched it once, maybe twice. It's okay. We're definitely going to um, compare this film and the 2014 one quite a lot, I think, in this podcast. And it's... It's an interesting comparison because they both do some things right and some things wrong. And some somewhere in the middle there is a good film. <laughs> yeah, I, God, I, just to put my initial thought out there, 2014 Godzilla does the, the human characters better with the unforgivable sin of uh, offing Brian Cranston in the middle. Um, <laughs> whereas this one obviously does the monster stuff better. I might have the opposite opinion to you. <laughs> Really? Yeah. We're going to have to get into that. Okay. <laughs> but why so, don't you run uh, us through the, if you can call it this, plot of this film while I go and get my tea and coffee? Such 
Five years after Godzilla's battle with the Mutos, San Francisco lies in ruins, along with many of its resident families. Take the Russells. Their son was killed in the carnage. Dr. Emma Russell has run off with the family's daughter, Madison, to wake up some more of the kaiju, now referred to as the Titans. While animal behaviorist Dr. Mark Russell is left watching wolves feast on carcasses in Colorado. Meanwhile, Project Monarch is at odds over what to do with the ever-escalating number of titans. The general idea is to destroy all monsters, while Dr. Ishiro Serizawa believes that they may be a force humanity can work with. But not Monster Zero, a.k.a. Ghidorah, an alien kaiju in Antarctica who Emma releases with the help of former MI6 agent and now echo terrorist Alan Jonah. Through the project, uh, excuse me, though the Project Monarch team, having now recruited Dr. Mark in order to help understand his, his estranged wife's research, tries unsuccessfully to thwart the kaiju's awakening. But that's okay because Godzilla shows up for a bout with King Ghidorah. Ghidorah escapes for the Gulf of Mexico, where it defeats the newly awakened Rodan, and then Godzilla again. Just as Godzilla is about to become king of the monsters, Project Monarch tries to take out both kaiju with an oxygen destroyer bomb, which unfortunately only fells Godzilla. Ghidorah truly becomes king, sending all other titans to wreak havoc on cities around the world. The Project Monarch team reawakens Godzilla with a nuclear blast, Unfortunately, the need for a manual detonation leading to Dr. Serizawa sacrificing himself. But that's so Godzilla can live. All the monsters convene on Boston, where daughter Madison has set off a monster-friendly signal. There's a lot of kaiju battling, Dr. Emma goes out like a bitch, and Godzilla goes nuclear and then eats Ghidorah's remaining head. Truly, I say to you, Godzilla is now king of the monsters. In the fair, I wanna go down like Bankay, Lotus Blossom, where else of light stray? Got a grave of rest of poets, pray alive. Okay, I gotta make the most of my British accent here. Long live the king. There we go. Sorry, I was trying to get the biblical reference in there. Truly, I say to you. Shows up in the Gospel of Luke a lot or something, or Matthew. I mean, I, I've only ever read the Bible in the original Hebrew, so. <laughs> I couldn't understand any of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, first off, Project Monarch. Yeah, that's that's MK Ultra stuff. Oh, is that where did they did they have a monarch? That's where you um, program the sex kittens and the pop stars and stuff. That's why you've got the monarch butterflies and all the videos and album covers and stuff. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying that's like a conspiracy thing along those lines. Uh, I think it's just called that in this because you know King of the Monsters, right? Well, we got Mothra, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> no, I just, I just. Oh, that's true. It just She's hit, Queen of the Monsters. Right. It just hit me in the face, right? So, um, yeah, no Peanut Sisters. That was a that was a bummer. Oh, uh, we do a little bit. 
Is the Chinese scientist supposed to be a peanut sister? Yeah, because she's got a twin. There's two of them, right? They're twins. Oh, okay. And their mother was their mother was twins, and their grandmother was twins, and they all work with monsters. So yeah. See, I didn't work that out. I was just like, why is she here when she was just there? Okay. Yeah, because it's her twin, and they, they she shows the photo of their family, and they're all twins. Oh, I thought she was showing a photo of grandma, and grandma was just real fit. Right, she shows like her and her sister, then she shows grandma and mother, and they're all. Oh, yeah. they do. Okay, anyway, that's. I mean, it's, it's, it's not as over the top as it is in, you know. They didn't old chant films, in that but. awesome shot or anything. I, 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 anyway. You do get the Mothra song, though, a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got a bit of that. And you got the, uh, of course, I just, uh, we were talking about how menacing the Godzilla theme is in the original Godzilla, and here it's always the heroic theme. Yeah, but it's still pretty cool. Oh, it's still pretty cool. They do it well, especially when he uh, comes back from his. Nuclear yeah, you get, the, you get some chanting in there as well. Oh, oh, yeah, I just assumed down in Atlantis. Do we get to call this Atlantis? Yeah, I think that's meant to be Atlantis. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, like, Atlantis tech has, like, permanent, like, creepy coral on, uh, on play underwater. <laughs> that's what I assumed. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... You my, even get you even get a remake of the uh, the Blue Oyster Cult Godzilla song at the end there. Oh yeah, I did catch that because you were you were singing in our last Godzilla podcast, which honestly I hadn't heard the song. I'm, I'm I, other than the Reaper, I'm not that familiar with the cult. Although I have, the, that was the only one of theirs I knew for a long time. I have heard they are the Thinking Man's um, the Thinking Man's heavy metal band, so maybe I should get well, a little deeper into the cult. One of the. Um, you know, J.K. Rowling did that spin-off career where she pretended to be a different author and wrote mysteries. Were they, were they um, anti-trans? Well, the, the most recent one very much is. But one of them was obsessed with um, the Blue Oyster Cult and like every chapter was named after one of their songs. Oh, wow. And she never mentioned Godzilla. So that was when I first suspected she was a wrongin. <laughs> <laughs> a wrongin, there we go. I, I mean, um... actually, that wasn't when I first suspected she was a wrongin. It was when she made her Goblin's obvious Jew parallels. So. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ferengis in Star Trek? That, that right, yeah, they're not much better. Rankled a few wrong feathers, um, but um, usually we get to actors here. But there's not that much. Like everyone in here, like made me like like I almost recognized them, and I almost thought they were someone else, except for Ken Watanabe, of course, who's here to um, justify the Japanese. See, what well, yeah, um, the the sort of the little science team guys are actually pretty good because you got Ken Watanabe. You've got the guy from um, Silicon Valley, who's there as just like the total dweebus. <laughs> then you had the um, I don't I'm sure I recognise him from some other stuff, but I don't know what he's from. The uh, the sort of the older fat one. Oh right, yeah. No, I just um, sorry. I actually looked up his name and I I've lost it. He was on a uh, long running sitcom, and that's also lost me because I didn't watch it. But I just noticed when he was like um, talking about, hey, we shouldn't get any closer if you want to have kids. I'm, I'm sure I want to have kids. I'm like, dude, you're way too old to have kids. Yeah, yeah, right. Like he's Bradley actually... Bradley Whitford. Yeah, he's 60 Bradley years Whitford. old. Yeah, I mean, dude, you're, you're past that. You're, you're oh, he's from the West Wing, apparently. There we go. Thank you. You've just filled in all those little Long gaps. Long-running sitcom, as Matt just called it. <laughs> I never watched the, the West Wing. <laughs> uh, everything I've ever seen of that guy, not um, this actor, but that writer, I always forget his name. It I looks think, like the cheesiest, worst shit I've ever seen, so... I think I was actually thinking Spin City. I don't, I don't think the West Wing was quite a sitcom, so... Right. Um, that my, I was referring to Spin City as a long-running singing, uh, singing, long sitcom, right. but I guess he wasn't in that, so... But yeah, he, um, I mean, they're playing pretty generic, like, you know, science nerds, but they're doing the job pretty well. Yeah. And uh, Thomas Middleditch is the other guy. He's from um, Silicon Valley. But no, I used to watch him in, like, College Humor YouTube videos, like... 
15 years ago. So whenever I see him in a big movie, I'm like, yeah, you do it. Yeah, he's moving up in the world. Yeah. I mean, no one's like offensively bad here. They're all just like, you know, marking their beats. Yeah, Millie Bobby Brown is just like, oh, she was big on the Netflix. Let's get her in a film ASAP. Yeah. She's just like generic kid character. Well, it took me a, it took me half the film to realize it was a Stranger Things girl, but that's because yeah. I only saw a few episodes of Stranger Things and she was still bald in all of them, so. Right. <laughs> Kyle Chandler is like the heroic lead. Um, it just amuses me because he was in Peter Jackson's King Kong. Right. And the, po- the point of his character in that film was like to mock the idea of the heroic lead. But here he is just like unironically playing one. He's like dad lead. Yeah. He's like the dad joke version of a heroic lead here. But playing it unironically. As we've said, and we will continue to say, Ken Watanabe is just like too good for this film. Oh God, yes. <laughs> I mean, so is Charles Dance, but Charles Dance is totally phoning it in. Whereas at least Ken, Ken Watanabe is still going full Ken Watanabe. Yeah, I was about to type into my notes, he's just talking in platitudes, and that's when I made the line about, I read all that in a fortune cookie. I was like, crap, I can't write that note now. Yeah. <laughs> so at least they called it. Like you said, uh, movies today, you know, they don't make comedies anymore because they just call it in the movie, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, sh- I guess, should we talk, because you were saying you think the human stuff was done better in 2014's Godzilla. Maybe because I like Brian Cranston. Oh, he's barely in it. <laughs> well, he's so, doing what he's in it. My issue with in that one is that um, the human stuff is... Yeah, I was, like, emotionally invested, but it was just so... There was nothing to it. It was just, I am soldier, I will travel to see I my get, family. Yeah, but here, here's the difference between that movie and this movie, which might be where I'm coming from. Hmm. This movie almost... Well, pretty much completely does not take place in reality. Yes. I would like, Right at the start, when they're in that, like, Arctic base and going up those lifts or whatever. But, I uh, see, I think that doesn't affect the human stuff so much as that affects the monster stuff. Yeah. So, once we get to the monster stuff, that's why I think, actually, this film does it worse than the previous film. We'll get to, I want to get down the humans a little more. Just, like, nothing, no setting in this movie is a normal setting. Even the house in the beginning. It's, like, in, in a weird, it's by a weird pyramid in China, you know? Yeah. Well, a fascinating pyramid in China. Let's not go with the word weird. But uh, even that, and by the time they get to any of the cities, they're already half destroyed, which might be part of your monster issue. Right. Uh, I think, all right, so here's why I think the human stuff is better here. All the humans in this film admit that the monsters are really cool. <laughs> so okay. I'm, I'm on board with them, right? Like, Ken mm-hmm. Watanabe loves Godzilla, so I'm glad he's the lead character for the most part. Um, <laughs> like, child, the bad, there's bad guys who are there because they want to unleash the monsters so yes get involved like Millie Bobby Brown ends up basically being like Godzilla's friend I like that <laughs> well 2014 Godzilla I mean you have, that, pretty you have a new, brief it's a, romance at the end but but it's that's the shock factor for everyone everyone is shocked by this giant thing right. crawling out of the ocean at that point so it's which hard makes to sense if that's your first Godzilla much. movie when you've been watching them for 50 years I can't be bothered with that shit anymore <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I guess that's where Destroy All Monsters works so well even though it's yeah. a bad film it's such a fantastically bad film oh it's a great film don't even go there <laughs> <laughs> no no I love that film I'm just saying it's not good but it's great right. it's not good it's great <laughs> but not in the Citizen Kane sense of the word yeah <laughs> um Vera Farmiga, is that even how you say her name? Um, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything else. I kind of recognized her. She is definitely a weird gray area character. Yeah, she was interesting, actually, because they did the thing where 
you briefly think she's being forced into it, then you realise she's absolutely not. She's just going along with this plan. It was maybe her plan. I'm, maybe I'm stupid, but I, I, I was actually confused for a few ticks there. But uh, I guess that's when she detonates the the, the, the bombs to unleash um, yeah. uh, Ghidorah, right? Yeah. So I was like, what, huh? Did What? Uh, like, I was, like, legitimately confused. But I guess the husband was also be, legitimately right? yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you're meant so. to think, like, oh, she's... You know, been caught up in all this, and it's like, nope, she's behind it all. She's a real monster. So yeah, Charles Dance in this is just exactly what Brian Cranston was in the first one. He's there to be in the trailers, then not actually be important. Oh, you mean you mean like acting caliber? Well, yeah, he's like big actor. They put him in all the trailers, and then it turns out he's not really that relevant to the plot. Yeah, he's kind of flunky after the first few scenes, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes up. That was the thing. The post credit scene was like, who cares? I, I, wanted, I thought we were going to get the full Kong tease. And then it's like, oh, here's Ghidorah's last head. I was like, I don't uh, care. I mean, we're probably going to get Mecha King Ghidorah or something, but whatever. That's cool. I'll take that. Yeah, but... <laughs> with, to me- with one real head? Does Mecha yeah. King Ghidorah have one real head? I think he's meant to have just one metal head, but whatever. We'll see. Okay. There's been many designs. <laughs> we're going Kong first, and I know you don't well, know what's no, wrong with that. Well, no, because they're... You know what's going to happen. They're going to fight, and then they're going to team up and fight something else at the end. Or they're going to go into the ocean, and Kong's going to swim home. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> see, what I was hoping was that they would team up at the end to fight Cthulhu. No, that's a different franchise. That's, that's a yeah, Color Out Space one. So? <laughs> it's, it's in the public domain. Mix it all together. And if Hollywood just, still makes movies, that is. Yeah. But if they just fight a... Um, if they just fight Ghidorah, then we already know Godzilla can beat that on its own. So it's not that exciting. Because <laughs> they fight Cthulhu. <laughs> we haven't seen that before. You got a spirit so ganky it's in a can. Strutting cool, like some cat from Japan. All set for the Sapper's stage. Going catwalking from the Gilded Age. You got an inner spirit indestructible Just gonna give you one more rule But in fact it's all up to you To do whatever it is that you do Inspect the army of forbidding color Appear through the paper door and holler Spitting out fire force dignity Some final book of tetralogy you got an inner spirit indestructible Just gonna give you one more rule But in fact it's all up to you To do whatever it is that you do Okay, we're, we're going, so um, we talked about the humans There's Let's a monster about... in my pants and he does a little dance You did that on The Last Godzilla, man I know, because like, I learned about it on The Last Godzilla From you It's a good song <laughs> <laughs> It's not as good as the P-52s, but hey, it's a solo career, so what do you expect? (laughs) Um, We talked about the humans. Um, I guess it's time to get into the monsters a little bit. Yeah, let's do the mash. I'm going to qualify my monster action is better in this one. For me, and and I think probably for you too, the best monster action is two dudes in rubber suits trying to do like weird pro wrestling moves on each other. Sometimes. I I don't like it when they just act like people in suits. I like it when they are people in suits, but they're trying to act like animals. Yeah, I like when they do the animals like, and move. The, the, really, like the really good Godzilla films, like, you're amazed that it is a guy in a suit. You're not just looking at it like, well, that's a dude in a suit. 
Right. Well, there are no suits here. No. So, um, I mean, Pacific Rim gets tons of flack, but one thing that that definitely hit was the animalistic feel with also the feel of dudes in suits. Well, because it had, like, mechs, right, fighting them, so... Yeah. Where this one is... I, I, I know they had motion capture actors doing the monsters here, mm. but, uh, you know, it wasn't just, like, someone just typing code in or whatever, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, the monster, the monster stuff is good. But, right, so... In one respect, I do think, I do love what this one did, because, so I grew up watching Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, in like, old VHS tapes, dodgy rips from the internet of films that were never released in the West. All That's this how shit, everyone right? watched them, until so like two years ago. <laughs> finally seeing this shit on the big screen, with a huge budget, all these monsters I know and love, was pretty magical, right? 170 million. But. Just for the budget. But because of what we're talking about, how nothing is set in the real world, the camera, the camera work even here just doesn't convey that they're giant monsters in the way that like 2014 or even a lot of the old ones do. It just felt like a, I don't know, like a video game cutscene. Yeah, it did. Um, I, I probably need to revisit 2014, although I'm going to revisit, like, or watch for the first time, probably more of the Japanese ones before I bother to do that. But Yeah, let's do Final <laughs> Wars next. I think you'll love that. Um, okay, yeah. But, yeah, so what What 2014 did, 2014, 2016 is Shin Godzilla, which is a straight-up masterpiece. Um, but what 2014 did was, although there's only a small amount of monster action, it's really good. So this had, this had a lot more monster action, but there was no one moment as cool as the best moments in 2014. Yeah, I haven't actually watched that one since 2014, so maybe the thing that was getting me was just we were getting like... I remember it was a kind of a complaint at the time, we're just getting the Mutos, right? Right. Whereas here, we get, we get Ronan, we get Mothra, like, you know, we get like the proper kaiju here, which... Yeah, yeah. Is, uh, but like, as far as what they actually do, when um, Godzilla gets the kills in 2014, they're both like the coolest, sickest moments you've ever seen. Whereas yeah, in okay. this one, it's like, oh, Mothra just happens to stab Rodan. Godzilla just does a new super move he didn't have before. Yeah, he just blows up basically. Whereas, like, do you remember how he kills the last Muto in the uh, 2014 one? Please remind me. He pries open its mouth and does his laser beam down its throat. Oh yeah, that was quite that wonderful. Was sick I did. As hell. I saw that in the Japanese theater, but not the one with Godzilla on the roof. Right. <laughs> so there, there were almost cheers in that polite Japanese theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just you feel it. I think that with the UK we don't cheer like you do in America, but I think there was some sounds from the audience on that one. Because that's one of the few films I ever went to a midnight showing of. <laughs> I think I said before the best cheering the best cheering I've ever or best audience response other than Rocky Horror I've ever found in a theater was probably uh, Jason Goes to Hell I just saw it with a a very urban uh, cast a very urban uh, crowd and man they were just going off on that movie (laughs) when a white guy in his 40s describes a crowd as urban we all know what you mean (laughs) we all know well I I do (laughs) I was urban at the time too, man. I was hanging in the punk clubs downtown with the, with the, uh, you know, the, yeah. Okay, okay, buddy. Okay, boomer. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, boomer. I'm trying to walk my line here. <laughs> and it, I think I've it definitely was, said it, before that my best audience reaction cinema was watching them at Glastonbury Festival. 
Yeah, it, it was a very diverse crowd. Let's say it that way. <laughs> you're, not, you're not doing a fantastically one. Favors. No, it was great though. It was great though. It's like the best movie watching experience I've ever you had. You sound so Joe Biden right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll dial that back a bit. <laughs> I'll let you off because okay, you're in we'll hospital. Just, yeah, there we go. We'll just leave the final line. Jason goes to hell. Was the most fantastic movie going experience I've had. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, Mutos. I guess I just hate Mutos. The Mutos were Mut- lame, right? But yeah, just the direction of that film just did a much better job of conveying the monster action because so much yes. of it was viewed from a human's point of view as well. Like Godzilla Good. felt huge in that film. Mm. Whereas in this film, they often didn't even feel that big. It was like your monster friend. Yeah. Like, there'd be, there were too many scenes where the monsters were, like, directly chasing a human and not getting them. Or where it would try, <laughs> they tried to have their cake and eat it. They'd have a big, like, wide shot of the monsters, then pan the camera and you see, like, the human cast. And it just made the monsters feel like they were just, like, on a green screen or they were just, like, they were just men in suits two feet away. It just didn't on quite the plus do it. side, On the plus side, um, they did in this very kind of drab and red and blue movie managed to get a few properly psychedelic shots of Mothra that was nice Moth- the Mothra shots and the Ghidorah shots of them just like using their powers and looking they were really nice I love that shit I love <laughs> these monsters and I love these um, incarnations of these monsters I just don't think the monsters fighting was as cool as it could have been or as it was five years ago yeah I'm wondering how they're going to scale Kong in this new one. I think they deliberately set the previous one in the 70s so that he's got some time to get a bit bigger. Uh, but I don't want him to be the same size as Godzilla. Because for me, part of the thrill of seeing Kong fight Godzilla is that Godzilla's big and powerful, but Kong is agile and smart. So mm, I want to see him like climbing all over Godzilla and slapping him and shit. How about Gorilla in the 70s? Are you down with him? I don't think I've seen Gorilla. Oh, that, that's where uh, Toho, they couldn't, they lost the rights to King Kong, but they wanted to use the suit some more, so they just uh, called the monster Gorilla oh, I've never even heard in the of 70s. This. Does he show oh, up yeah, in like, some it, of the destroyer monsters and stuff? Yeah, I think, no, I think it's TV. Oh, okay, yeah, and no, I wouldn't have heard Kong's that. actually not in destroyer no, no, monsters I didn't think because he was, of that. Yeah. But some in, in some of the Toho 70s uh, TV, oh, they like used the. Fighting um, Ultraman and stuff, I guess. Yeah, they used the King Kong Lives mm-hmm. suit. Nice. And, uh, uh, you mean King and, Kong but, Escapes? Oh, yeah, yeah. King Kong Lives. The 67 one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the 67 one. They, they were like, well, we got the suit. Can't use King Kong, but we got the suit. So he's gorilla. Yeah. Don't worry. Those <laughs> King Kong films will be in the sanctuary very soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. That's our next set yeah. is the 60s and 70s Japanese ones. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm certainly down with checking out some of the other periods, too. Yeah, I guess this uh, Reiwa got what Japanese-wise, just Shin Godzilla and three animated ones, which you said are kind of dull. Uh, yeah, the three animated ones, they're interesting ideas and stuff. They're just, they don't need to be three films. There's one film's worth of story and ideas in there. Have they been edited into one film? I don't know if they have, but someone should. I don't think anyone cares yeah. enough. Mm. They did the Evangelion, didn't they? Didn't they edit that stuff down? No, no, no. They made a full TV series, then they remade it as three movies. Oh, okay, and then the three, gotcha. But it's completely new three movies. Yeah, yeah I don't... Same, it's the original Japan director, here. but he remade it as well. Right. 
I'm just, I'm not that keen, who also did Shin Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Is that the, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. There, I, I sounded smart for once, because I, I don't know my anime, unfortunately. I don't really, but <laughs> I am currently watching Evangelion, it is really good. Mm. Yeah, my, my knowledge of anime is like Pokemon, Digimon, Dragon Ball, Death Note, <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, like you said though, um, you know, the monsters are kind of just here, they look cool, but what they're doing is not much, so I feel like, you know, maybe later movies are where we're actually going to like, get into these monsters more um, you just, other than you just all those a, like a good action director because mm. like a good action movie is about having like very cool moments and this, this film just doesn't quite have any who is directing Kong versus Godzilla I'm not actually sure because oh, okay. I know um, King Kong uh, Godzilla 2014 was um, Gareth Edwards, who also did Rogue, Rogue One. One. Yeah. And I just know that the Antarctic base shots in this movie looked exactly like Rogue One. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I thought. And then um, Skull Island was... I forgot his name, but he's a cool dude and he loves video games. I love Skull um, Island. I think he's like something Vote Roberts. Yeah. But yeah, um, I can't even remember who did this one. And I don't think any of those three are doing Scott, um, Kong vs. Godzilla. Okay. I think it's all no, different I, directors. As far as these recent American monster movies go, like Scott Island is like far and above my yes, favorite. Yes, because it does actual new things. And it has <laughs> lots of monsters and good action. Yeah, so hopefully that's what we'll get with the next one. Because, yeah. you know, add that with some godzilla we're good to go if you if you, you had you go. like skull island's creativity and direction but with a city to smash that's my jam i hope that's our jam next year yeah me too I mentioned, like, um, we don't see much, like, real life in this. I mean, there's a little running around Boston, but it's already evacuating on fire, right? So, in a way, this is kind of a post-apocalyptic film. Things are already, like, beyond screwed. Yeah, well, like, the apocalypse happens in the film and we don't see it. Yeah, they're just like the it, well, no, but like um, well, between the films, one, they discover yeah. the monsters. They don't really do anything, and then like we just have guys sat around on boats telling us that the apocalypse is happening, but we're not really seeing any of it. Yeah, but then the military strength seems never hampered. You think? Like even at the end, they're going in with their uh, their their Avengers helicarrier and uh, whatever that stealth thing is, and. I mean, I mean, they get their whole squadrons blown up. They got another one. It's like the military just keeps pumping in this. Which there are a lot. There know. are a lot of fighter jets to go around them. They never, they never see more than like six or seven destroyed. Yeah, true. But also, the like whole smart, fi- smart fighter pilots just wouldn't fly that close to the monsters. <laughs> so we're just seeing the dumb squads. <laughs> All the oh, smart was, um, squads are fine. I was talking to you right before we recorded a little bit about the uh, Star Trek Lower Decks and their opening credit scene. There is a, a shot of the ship in that uh, one, the Cerritos, like flying up to a bunch of um, Romulan warbirds and Borg cubes fighting and then just turning away and warping out. 
<laughs> so maybe that's what the fighter jets are, are doing here. <laughs> but um, I guess the military, like, are we ever going to see this rah-rah uh, U.S. military film again? Well, we will, but yeah. it's just, yeah, it's feeling weirder and weirder now. Well, this one, it tries to, it tries to be like a proper Godzilla film and be a little bit anti-military, but doesn't quite have the balls to do it. No, it seems very much on the military's cool. Because like, at the start we have like, oh no, Monarch doesn't think we should kill the monsters, but the military does, and then the military drops their super weapon and it actually fucks everything up. But at the end but we look, still get, oh, hoorah, we're going to help Godzilla. And let's face it, I mean, if you have giant monsters, let's kill them. I mean, does seem like a pretty obvious option, and, unless you have extenuating circumstances, which do exist. So you should, I guess, wait a little bit, but, uh, you know, a giant monster crushing your town does seem to require some kind of action. Yeah, but none of them had crushed any towns yet, and we knew that Godzilla was a goodie, so... Right, right. Well, they just have to keep saying that, though. Godzilla's a goodie, Godzilla's a goodie, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I would 100% be on the, like, save the monster side, but I'm not that fond of people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of course, you watch a Godzilla movie, you're down with Godzilla. I, right? I'm, I'm so talking about ta life. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Is a question Tokyo? Awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I just thought the post-apocalyptic thing, because things should be pretty ragged by now. Like Pacific Rim again makes it clear that their system is kind of ragged and on its last thread. Right, right, right. I, I think you said you saw the sequel, which I think has even more of that. Kind of, but it's, well, no, because in the sequel, like the kaiju have stopped for a while and things are starting to get Oh, yeah. Feet. But it does show like people living in like, the wreckages and stuff is disease. Yeah, and, but the pressure yeah. on that military. Yeah, in, in does Pacific show. Rim, you really feel it. Like this is the last stand. They do. That's one of the things that film does really well. Yeah, it's also something Evangelion so, does very well. And uh, so I feel I like you know they fly around in that big stealth plane as like their base. I think that I think that's a little Eva reference. Yeah. They, they have a big plane just like that, which is what they drop the robots from. See, I just thought it was like the like they're doing the Avengers here, but now all the Avengers are like giant hawks. I mean, I prefer the Avengers if it was just dinosaurs. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what they're doing here, though, right? Yep. Especially at the end, now that Godzilla's king and all the well, the other kaiju, you know, kowtow to. I him. did, I did like that they did that in such a way that it's like, oh, this is a heroic ending. It's also really ominous. <laughs> Because he's like, oh, it's a good thing he's on our side. Yeah, for now. So what if they've got any testicles at all, um, I hope that the start of Godzilla vs. Kong is like, oh, shit, Godzilla's not on our side. And so, like, Kong has to bring him down. That would, that would be more interesting than the typical two heroes meet, fight, team up bollocks. But that's what would happen, because then there would be Cthulhu or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it much, it's much better if it's just like, oh no, Godzilla's a straight-up bad guy now, Kong, please help us. That's a much better <laughs> film. Yeah, we'll see how it works out. I, I guess the original Japanese films have quite a bit of weird mythology too, so yeah. you can't really fault the American ones for trying to do the same. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just whether they go through with it or not. Because what, yeah. what I like about Godzilla is that he kind of represents our relationship with nature. So mm. when we're behaving, Godzilla's our friend. But when we're an enemy to Earth, Godzilla's an enemy to us. Right. It is the oxygen destroyer in the original as well, right? Yeah, but the oxygen... Well, why are you there, John? In the original, the oxygen destroyer is like this unique weapon which just kills life. Here, it's just another nuke. 
<laughs> no, I know, I know it is. I was just, I was just making sure that they were using the same name. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were using okay. the name without any of the fucking huge amounts of pathos and the fact that that film was about healing from the wounds of World War Two. It's like, oh, let's throw, right. let's throw that name in because it's cool. Yeah, well, they threw in Sarazawa's name yeah. as well, although he, he does sacrifice himself in this film, yes. as but the Doctor does in the original. Even in that scene, it has the problematic factor that they, these films love nukes. <laughs> yeah. These two Godzilla films are like, oh, nukes are the coolest thing ever. Nukes gave us Godzilla. Aren't you thankful <laughs> for nukes? Japan, please say thank you to America for nuking you. Say thank you, Ask Daddy. Give me some ship, more. Yeah. <laughs> Ask the fishing boat if they were if they were down with it too. Right? Like <laughs> fucking but, hell that they ever missed the point. <laughs> no, I, I have a note. So hold on, I want to see if I can. Uh, oh yeah, nerds and nukes are always a good combination. Just ask the Bikini Islanders. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you've got SpongeBob down there. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. That's a. That's a. This one and 2014. They both like try and touch on the nuclear stuff. Because like 2014 starts with the meltdown and they go to an irradiated area. But they're both like, they can't get over their, the big American military cock down their throat telling them that nukes are good. Yeah, well, that's the big solution here. Oh, he overcharged Godzilla. He's a spicy meatball now. Yeah. And it's a Godzilla's nuclear explosion that saves us all and takes out Dr. Emma. Yeah, I think every single person involved in this film needs to go and spend a week in Hiroshima. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, yeah, we're obviously missing kind of... I mean, they, they do, like, kind of gloss over it. I guess Godzilla is now supposed to be more of a environmental thing, right? With the, so, that, like, that... Oh, whatever, news. That, com that comes and goes in the Japanese ones, right? Whether he's a nuclear metaphor, an environmental metaphor, blah, blah, blah. But the Japanese ne ones never forget that, like, nukes are awful, and that's part of the mythos. And this one's like, get all the nukes! Yeah. So, yeah, that's obviously a bit of a thing. Well, it's because this is one made by America, not by Japan. Right. Oh, just on a total little side tangent here. Did we see Tony Stark's lake house in here or what? Did we? Near the beginning. I think it's where uh, maybe maybe Dr. Mark's hanging out or something. Just, I was like, that's the same lake house that Tony it Stark could had. Well be. Just, just, and and I, I did notice that this was also filmed in Atlanta, yeah. so it probably was. Hell, I've probably been to that lake house. Maybe I, maybe I had a wild teenage romp in there for all maybe. I know. Well, it's like how we've always got... There's that one mansion that is every mansion you ever see in films. It's Xavier's yeah. mansion, it's Wayne Manor, it's everything. Anyway, I couldn't actually tell this was filmed in Atlanta because it barely has any shots. Oh, yeah, right? it's all green screen. <laughs> but, you know, whatever, that's cool. Um... Okay, shall we, shall we hit that, that how is this film sitting in the complete franchise sort of vibe? Well, I mean, let's talk about how this film's sitting in 2020. Because this film pushes really hard that whole, like, human beings are a virus, Mother Earth is going to try and cure it shit. In clearing out the cities. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, when, like, all the lockdowns were first happening this year... People were posting pictures of, you know, like, deers wandering into towns, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, oh, nature's healing, because we were the virus all along, da, 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 da. No, humanity's not the virus. There are loads of human beings who live in perfect harmony with nature. Anarcho-capitalism is the virus. 
Yeah, when you decide just to pour all your toxic waste in the river for the fucks of it, you know, obviously that's, you're the monster now. But like, 99% of environmental damage is done by like the top 1% of people. It's corporations. Right, exactly. This whole, this whole bollocks about like humans are the virus, that's like, it's almost like a deliberate ploy to make us not look at the actual agitators. It's like greed and stupidity are the viruses. Yeah. You become that lizard person. And I'm not saying reptilian, I'm saying lizard person. <laughs> because that's just how you're thinking at that yeah, point, right? Yeah, you're using right? your lizard brain. <laughs> right. It's like, I make money if I, you know, just like screw up this town, but right? But even, even lizards <laughs> live in harmony with nature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but those lizards don't have giant, giant vats of toxic dump to deal with. I mean, even just this week, I mean, fishermen are complaining again because uh, the continuing... Fukushima nuclear plant um, clean up there. Oh, we're going to dump some more, you know, nuclear water into the to the ocean. The fishermen are like, uh, we'd like to fish, please. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it just it keeps happening, right? Yep. Mandates shut the gate. Her breath, it's a blast of backdraft to burn down my final day of living each day as if my last on passions ebb and flow can't count well, we just finished setting this in the context of 2020 um i guess let's set it in the context of godzilla movies in general if you're sitting there thinking i haven't seen a godzilla movie i want to see a godzilla movie this wouldn't be anywhere near the top of my list because, of course, I would tell you to watch the 1954 original. I'd tell you to watch 2016's Shin Godzilla, something like that. If you were like, oh, I like Godzilla. I want to see some mad monster action. I wouldn't tell you to see this one. I'd tell you to see, like, Destroy All Monsters. I'd tell you to see GMK. I'd tell you to see Final Wars. Um, but in the year 2019, this was the one I could see in theatres, and I did love it. So if, if this one just happens to be available, if it's on your Netflix, if it happens to be like you've got the disc, it's a fun romp and it's got a lot of monsters. I don't hate this film. I really like this film and I want, if I want to see Godzilla, this is a film where I can see lots of really good Godzilla stuff. It's just that every aspect of it has been done better. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's milk toast Godzilla. Yeah. Nothing goes off the rails, so to speak, but... Other than maybe the nuclear message. Yeah, okay. But um, that's half the movies, that's half the action sci-fi blockbusters in America anyway. Yeah. I mean, we're always nuking stuff in America. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the biggest problem with this film, it's just that it's American. Should America really? I mean, that's been a that's been a debate for what almost twenty five years now. Should America even be making Godzilla movies? I I honestly think maybe they shouldn't, because the point <laughs> of these films is kind of to criticize America. <laughs> like, if America actually did something interesting with that, they could make a phenomenal Godzilla film, right? If if, if the mm. film was like Godzilla, America paying for its sins, and they really went into it and made like a really dark existential one, like Shin Godzilla then yeah Godzilla maybe an American could make a great Godzilla film should the but the American studio complex is never going to give us that and it's weird because the, the you know Hollywood often pushes itself as like this liberal thing you'd think they do it but that seems like one bridge they're not willing to cross they should cross and they're not willing to cross uh, because, even be- because to make one of these big budget films they need the military 
The military bankrolls this shit. There's been some made without... The, again, Independence Day didn't get that help. True. Because it showed the military is mostly ineffective. Well, no, it's literally just because they had Area 51 in there. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> also, the military is pretty ineffective in yeah, there. but the military does okay. win at the end. And it yeah, gets okay. really fucking oorah America at the end. It, oh, well, we got the speech, which you've memorized. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, I mean, these days, even if America doesn't backroll it, China will. So you're always going to be propping up one imperialist regime or another. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, this movie, the, I mean, the big movies now are also funded by China. This movie has quite a bit of Chinese funding as well. Yeah, I was, I was an, surprised production. it didn't have more of a, oh, here's the Chinese military helping moment. Like, um, Transformers 4 had that. And even, yeah, even guess, Pacific Rim 2 had, like, oh, China's made some Jaegers to help us. But this one didn't really have guess, any moment like that. I guess the sisters were enough for them? I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Well, to be honest, yeah. it's not like you see many of the soldiers. They could have just changed the Chinese dub to say those were Chinese planes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That wouldn't be hard. That's probably what they did yeah. if they showed it there. <laughs> Is, how involved is Toho in this? I mean, other than light, did they just sell the license and head back for Japan? I or think what? so. I mean, they use like like I said, they did use a bunch of the music and stuff. So they had access to a lot of Toho's stuff. I don't think Toho is that involved. Oh, soundtrack. Let's yes, the soundtrack in this is very good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, it's got all the best bits of it. Mo- it's stealing from elsewhere. There's no it like is, original but- song in here that was great. It's woven together well with the English yeah, yeah, it's part, really, so. it's really good. But it's. Not, I was really shocked because I looked it up and because I did notice that I looked it up at it, uh, Bear McCready who did the um, Battlestar yeah, 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 Galactica yeah. music, which was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, the Battlestar music's better, but I was just like, I like that music. Oh, it's it, okay because it's a composer I like. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> the song at the end is sung by Serge Tankian. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, yeah, I, I did like the score, so they did well on that. But uh, I'm. Could anyone make like a big budget, like just practical Godzilla movie, and get away with it now? Yeah, I, would it have to be like an indie feature. Maybe, yeah. Um, if you want to watch a good indie monster film, I watched Colossal recently. That's pretty good. Yeah, what was one I saw? Oh, um, help me on this. Um, about ten, fifteen years ago, there was a, a parody Japanese monster film. Oh, I don't know. Oh my God, little. I, all I could think is Little Big Man, but that's clearly not the right film. But it's, it's about a, a dude that used to be in, like, you know, the Ultraman, like, defense forces and... Oh, t- maybe, oh, maybe I do know this, but I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I... Man, I wish I didn't bring that up, because it is a fantastic film. And at the end, it's got, a, like, all the, the Ultraman family, like, fighting amongst itself. Okay, nice. Yeah, uh, Yeah, we're, man, we're, we're, uh, as soon as we figure that out, we're going to do an episode on it. <laughs> There we go. Okay, we'll do an episode on it, and next Godzilla movie, I'll try and bring it up too, because that that was a Fenton. Honestly, maybe that should be the next monster movie we do. Yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I <laughs> you know, I love the sound of that. <laughs> Teaser for a film I can't quite remember the name of, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, an ex monster fighter, or he can turn into. I think he can turn into Ultra, an Ultraman style um, guy, but now he's just living in like this rundown like old house and doesn't give a crap anymore. That's fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I really should have the name here, and I'm kicking myself. But uh, some if we uh, remember if it, back, put it in the kick notes. me in the comments. Yeah, and now that I'm remembering that movie exists, still, uh, I think we'll be getting to it sooner rather than later. Anyway, noise. 
But uh, in the long run, I guess this doesn't quite hold up as a good Godzilla film. Yeah, it's it. This is just one of those films. It's like I'm not saying don't watch it, but saying if you've got the choice, there are way more films you should pick first. It's a perfect film to see either in Toho Cinema with Godzilla on the top or on that airplane flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it, it, what? I mean, it's inevitably going to be on Netflix soon. If you see it on there, yeah, click on it. Yeah. If, you're, if you're having to or, like or, go to the shop and order a monster film, well, I mean, I guess go to the Amazon. No one's going to shops at the moment. Then yeah, like get one of the older ones. Yeah, as I'll say, you should still click on Son and Godzilla first. <laughs> M- Minizilla. Manila. Manila. That's yeah. I knew it was something silly. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Final but, Wars. Uh, that. Every, everyone's in Final Wars, according. Yeah, to, pretty right? much. Okay, so it will. Yeah, maybe we'll just have a run of Godzilla. No Jet Jaguar. Well, that's a shame. Well, well that, yeah, that's the problem. Though, do... With King Kong, there's like eight films. We can totally do them all in order. Godzilla, there's a lot of films. <laughs> well, there's no. I mean, even Godzilla films, they aren't like sequential. Some of them, yeah, yeah. like. Well, that's why I don't. Like I don't Terminator. care about just throwing them in like this. Yeah, just like Terminator, some acknowledge certain sequels and some yeah. don't. So. Well, I mean, with King Kong, it's not that there's like a storyline progression, but I feel like there is a progression in like filmmaking, you know, because they come out like every twenty Definitely years. That. So. In a philosophical yeah. progression. I mean, if there's a... Philo- well, there is a philosophy in these monster films. That's why they're so charming. Mm. Oh, yeah. The best <laughs> monster films have, like, a sadness to both the humans and the monster. Even, like, the original King Kong acknowledged that. And Godzilla acknowledges that. Yeah. No matter I, I how evil the, the monster yeah. is, you're meant to kind of feel sad for it. Because it can't help being a monster. Probably the worst mistake I did watching this one is the last Godzilla movie I watched was the original Godzilla. Right. It doesn't compare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we kept saying on that, like, how good a movie that actually was, just besides, like, as a film, you know? I was, uh, Where this, no one would ever say that for this. Well, someone might, but very few would. Well, look, the person I know who most enjoyed this film is Matty, who I went to see it with. He slept through the first 20 minutes. That's he woke fine. up when it got loud and there were monsters on screen. This isn't a film you watch for the plot or characters. He watched it the right yeah, way. Yeah, he probably did. <laughs> <laughs> The other day I was walking up to Zenkoji and there was like a little music festival and there was just a choir of schoolgirls in their uniform singing and all I could think of was just like those haunting scenes from Godzilla as they're like singing in like the refugee halls. Yeah, I, I gotta track down my daughter's third grade performance where her whole class is doing the Godzilla themes. Yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> but uh, uh, as for our podcast, I, I'm not even going to try and do letters today. It's fine, you you're you can find our podcast on Twitter at MLSFSpod. We're also on iTunes. Just search for Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on all the things where you talk to other people on the internet. Please go and talk to us about our podcast and tell other people to listen to our podcast. Maybe soon we'll have a Patreon, but we haven't figured that out yet. I don't even know when this episode's coming out. Uh, if you want to hear more of my voice talking about monsters, then you can listen to my Monster Hunter podcast. That's at Monster Mash Pod on Twitter. You can search on Facebook for Monster Mash Podcast. You can search on YouTube for Monster Mash Podcast. You can search on your podcasting app of choice for Monster Mash. Um, I haven't told Matt. It's I haven't told Matt Smash. this, but he's putting this one and Godzilla, this one and King Kong up back to back, and I'm uploading with them the appropriate episodes of Monster Mash about the Monster Hunter monsters based on Godzilla and King Kong. Do you mean Sonic Kong? Yeah. That's what you, you knew. I mean. Okay. Uh, and I if you enjoy Matt's music, which you have heard during this episode, you can find Matt's music at rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com. I should work in advertising. I'm too good at this. 
Yeah, there might even be a new album cranking out by the time this one comes out. Is this going to be a so, full uh, album from the hospital? I started three tracks. <laughs> I don't have guitars and basses right. and singing in a hospital is... I don't know if podcasting in the hospital is particularly smiled upon, but singing is definitely not. <laughs> so uh, I have some sketches started. Let's put it that okay, way. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, what should our good listeners do this very day? Um, they should swim deep, deep down into the ocean and nuke themselves. They nuked Atlantis. <laughs> yeah, they kind of did. <laughs> Jesus, America. <laughs>
No limit to the oasis.